Before we begin, allow me to ask you one question. Is there a demonstration that you, my audience, have seen that is so powerful and astonishing that it involves hundreds of protesters surrounding a church to proclaim their protest? Furthermore, has that powerful and astonishing scene that appears in your head carried out an even more immense sorrow at the same time that the picture involves fire, martyrdom, and a self-sacrificed woman? What I'm describing are not scenes from a novel or a movie, but what happened in reality. The first scene happened to the first black gay football player recruited by the NFL, and the second scene was when an Iranian woman set herself on fire in front of the courthouse in 2019 to oppose the oppression over women's freedom. Welcome to Sports and Social Change, the podcast show that focuses on rights and freedom in the realm of sports and also the entire society. I'm Kylie, and today we are going to compare, contrast, and analyze the nature of two global case studies: the self-burning Iranian woman Sahar Kodayari and the draft of Missouri football player Michael Sam to the NFL. We will look into how cultural, political, and geographic differences are able to influence the progress of rights and freedom for the minorities. This topic, I believe. Concerns every individual in an interconnected society, so make sure you listen all the way through. Now it's time to welcome our guest Linda, who is here to provide expertise to the topic. Hi, Linda. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Kai. It's a pleasure to work with you. The topics are fascinating. I'm very excited to talk about them. Sure, they are. It just I feel they're not so connected to each other. I mean, Michael Sam is an American athlete who is also a member of LGBTQ groups. And Sahar is an Iranian woman who's not an athlete. Do you think these topics are、mm, too far away from each other? Ah,、uh, yes and no. On the surface, yes, they do not share the kind of similarities if you directly compare the two LGBTQ figures or the two Iranian women. But the disparities in the subject help social change pursuers like you and I to generalize solutions on a bigger context. It is more like a difference between Michael and Michael case study. Well, that's very true. Because when I first see these topics, I found it actually hard to proceed to a conclusion. Yes, it is hard. What we have to do is to scale up and look at these figures and events from a bigger picture. They are both oppressed minorities, and they are both looking for social changes. This is a good place to start thinking about how we can draw connections and map the dots. For other social movements.、Mm-hmm. So, for those of you who are not very familiar with Michael Sam and Sahar Kodayari, Sam is a defensive lineman in football who was the first sports person to came out to everyone officially and was drafted by St. Louis Rams. Sahar Kodayari was an Iranian woman who was arrested and then sentenced to prison for six months for sneaking into Azadi Stadium to watch a soccer game, which is against Iranian law. To protest against such trial, the woman set herself on fire in front of the courthouse. To note, Michael Sam is released by the St. Louis Rams, and the Dallas Cowboys took him to the practice squad, but later went out of the league. So eventually, he did not get the actual playing time in the National Football League. He is now active in the LGBTQ community and advocating against discrimination. So, do you think that Sam is cut out of his career because of his sexual orientation? Ah,、uh, it's hard to say. He was not in a good position when he was drafted, but I definitely think that contributes to the progress. 
Sam was diagnosed with depression, and that might hinder his performance. As for why he's depressed, I think it is quite self-explanatory. Sorry, but I have to ask for the sake of clarity. Why was he depressed? Ah,、uh, sure. I think there are a lot of pressure being an openly gay player here in the United States. Not only are there hate speech on the internet and from the religious organizations, but also imminent as teammates in the locker room. Sam has supportive teammates in college, but such an embracing environment might have changed after he got drafted to the National Football League. I mean, the locker room culture itself is quite prejudicial and even disturbing to the LGBTQ communities. Generally speaking, interactions in the locker room include many slurs about gender and the tons of butt slapping. You see the point? Yeah, it's really courageous to be the one to come up first and facing all these difficulties and even threats. Exactly. A way to approach these two topics is to look at the stake these two agents of change are willing to take. What are they willing to sacrifice to face and overcome the obstacles? Normally, the greater the obstacles, the greater the sacrifice. And this is perfectly pictured the two cases we're talking about today. Sahar has given her life to advocate and to gain support and attention. I, by no means, is trying to devalue the sacrifice of Michael Sam, and this difference in the stake does show how the country and its social environment that these two incidents took place can determine the cause of their advocacy, and it is worth looking into with more depth.、Mm, I totally agree. Can you talk more about this、uh, so-called geographical differences? Yeah, it does not only refer to the location difference, but also the difference in political, economical, and religious settings. But in a political spectrum, the U.S. and Iran do share some similarities. They both have a president who is elected by the citizens, a boisterous legislature, and a powerful judiciary. Yeah, but under the veil, Iran is an Islamic theocracy. One man, the supreme leader, exerts ideological and political control over the entire nation. It is much more authoritative if you compare it to the United States. What we have to think about is how deliberation and and public discourse different in a more conservative setting compared to a democratic one. What is something to be aware of under a particular environment? Definitely don't want to provoke the government if I was advocating for the minorities' rights in Iran. I think I would choose to voice for international support outside the states instead. And that is exactly what the feminist group did in Iran. It began as a small group of female soccer fans protesting outside a stadium during the 2005 World Cup qualification match. They utilized social media platforms like Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And they use English to gain international support, but the problem is that it did not raise enough attention to force a policy change, and the status quo is still tormenting the women in Iran. And that's why the tragedy of Sahar occurred. Her sacrifice indicates the oppression of the women and the utilization of their fundamental rights in Iranian society has reached a point. Where the only drastic actions may create a wave of advocacy. I hope Sahar's sacrifice will pay off. I know that now the government in Iran has changed their regulation policy towards women's right to spectate soccer games. I believe now women have the right to spectate, but they just need to keep themselves veiled up.
And I believe it is the same for the Missouri state's LGBTQ policy. It's influenced by Michael Sam's action. Missouri has been a state where employers can choose to fire you for being gay. Now that the state is proposing the Missouri Non-Discrimination Act, as known as MLNA MONA, to stop discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity, what we're seeing here, I think, it's a pattern, which can be described as a trilogy step of social change. First, it starts with drastic action, whether it's Sahar's tragedy, Michael Sands coming out of the closet, or the death of Michael Brown and Eric Garner. I think these individuals suffered from extreme cases of unfair treatment will stimulate a wave of attention, and thus, I believe, a wave of advocacy nationally or even internationally. And then, through the public pressure exerted by the amount of attention, the government had to appease the sentiment or come to some kind of, I'll say, compromise to the society as a reply to these incidents. And although these cases are in fact a very tiny portion of the real problem, they represent the entire minority community to the population outside who are unaware of the former struggle. We need to think about how to guide the public in the right direction, how to use the advocating strengths created by the waves of attention, and to create the most ideal proposal to the government to change the status quo. This is a very long sentence, but it's very important too. So basically, Sahar and Michael Sam are like the opening key to public deliberation or the equal rights movements. Exactly. So what will you say are things to be done in the future to help make situations better as social change pursuers? Is there any practical advice? Yes, it's going to be long-winded, so bear with me. <laughs> no problem. First, we want to ensure the power of voice of minority groups. As social change seekers, we want to be sensitive to the signals that the minority groups are sending. A lot of the time, their voices are not heard. They are talking among themselves and or to an audience that is relatively minor to make a difference. Mm -hmm. We need to be their microphones to magnify their voices to a significant audience, like doing this broadcast, mm -hmm. but maybe about some minority situation that hasn't been drastically reported. Some good examples of expanding audience include Barcelona's tweet about the horror and news coverage of Michael Sam. But these are after the first step of triology. What is more important is to voice before than after. Yep. Also, not wasting the waves of attention that the sacrifice of individuals has achieved for us, and continuously pushing the discourse. So it is a type of process that's likely to prevent Sahar from making that degree of sacrifice, or for anyone in the future. Ideally, yes. But sometimes that kind of sacrifice is inevitable. As I have mentioned, the geographic attributes account for most of the realities in a given region's social status. So advocating for more states for the minority groups in the public system is crucial. There is only one woman in the 2022 cabinet of Iran. You can see why their voices are not heard by the government. Yes, I think it's because they're not well and fully represented. And I think it works the same for LGBTQ members in the US. We could argue for a more progressive government than being conservative and retrieving back. Make sure there are people in the government who care about the minority groups, empathize with them in a way that's not condescending. But as I said, um, empathy or affiliation, 
I think that will really help the rights of minority groups. I totally agree. Lastly, public spheres are faced within a particular group, such as the black public sphere, the women's public sphere, and the LGBTQ's public sphere. They firstly talk amongst themselves about their problems and solutions, then articulate outside for their needs and gain the support. But this is not effective enough. As we say, only major campaigns like the Black Lives Matters and the Iranian women's rights, which have been deliberated across different public spheres, nationally and internationally. These kinds of campaigns are the most effective in problem solving and promoting social change. Mm -hmm. So I want a unique public sphere where all of the self-identified minorities can deliberate together. They can share their experience with one another, provide different perspectives, and also in a way their problems are spread directly to a greater audience. Mm. And collectively, they can create a bigger social impact for every single group that takes part in it if they can agree to voice together. As the power of collective action is always greater than individual action. I totally agree. Thank you so much for sharing these insights with us, Linda. I believe after this podcast, the audience will have a further understanding and a more thorough understanding of how to help the minority groups in achieving social change for their rights and freedom. Stay tuned to our channel, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>